0: Good morning, everybody. I'm glad you made it through the snow and uh, survived that week. Um, I'm a I'm an old Manitoba kid. The snow to me is an invitation to come out and play So, uh, hopefully you had an opportunity to enjoy that take a little bit of a break A couple of things before we get started today First of all is we kind of reinvented the podcast So laurel and I've been doing a podcast for a while called continuing the conversation with grant laurel fishbook and uh, we uh, took a little bit of a hiatus and then we've brought it back again, but in a different format You can find it at podcast.ctk.church or you can just Google search our names and the podcast will show up. It's called Continuing the Conversation. The new format that we're doing is we we do things every once in a while here called an Ask Us Anything. Well, we took Ask Us Anything, we put it in a podcast studio, we attached it to Jesus.net, which means this podcast is Laurel and I taking questions from around the world. I think we had seven different countries from where the the questions came from. It's live and in real time. There's no prep. We're flying without a net. It's a little crazy sometimes. And so if you'd like to take a listen, we'd love to be able to provide that for you. Over the last couple weeks as well. We've been talking about this thing called an audio guide. It's a 21-day devotional that we're also doing in partnership with Jesus.net. If you'd like to do 21 days of devotions with me where I kind of set the stage for 7 to 10 minutes through your AirPods or whatever you listen to. Um, and then give you some time to process with Jesus the things that we're talking about. We developed this audio guide off of this sermon series, Past, Present, and Future. And so if you'd like to check that out, you can see it's at ctk.link slash reset. We're just trying to add resources to you so that you can grow other places than just on Sunday morning because we know that it takes an entire lifetime of following Jesus in order to really appreciate all that he has to offer us So as we're talking about past, present, and future, this is our second week dealing with every one of our pasts. Next week, we start two weeks on present, and then we'll do a couple of weeks on the future as well. But let's talk about some of the things that are behind us in our lives. We all have scars on our bodies. I have one on my forehead from an unfortunate run-in with a wall. As a kid, I came face-to-face with a corner bead, I have the mark to prove it. I have a scar on my wrist from a momentary touch with a red-hot piece of metal. I have a scar from an appendectomy on my lower abdomen, and the list goes on and on and on. I have a scar on my lower leg with a story attached to it. Across the street from my childhood home was a huge pile of dirt that we called The Hill. Okay, in Flatland, Manitoba, The Hill was a big deal because it became a place where you could prove your Manitoba machismo, okay? If you were brave, you would ride down the hill on your bike, but there were varying degrees of difficulty. Each of the sides had a different steepness, and the side you chose determined how much of a man you were and established your status amongst the kids in the neighborhood. One side of the hill was called scaredy cat. Another side was called fear. A third side was called Jump because at the bottom of it there was a ramp and a jump, and the side that hardly anyone rode down was called Dead Man's Fence because there was a single rail white fence at the bottom of the slope. So you had to ride down and then stop before you met your doom. I did not stop in time. (laughs) Flipped over my handlebars, scraping my bare legs over the white split rail fence, and I have the scars to match my shame. While the physical scars have a story for each of us, so do the scars on my soul and my heart. It's like you, in my innermost being, I have scars from sinful choices, pride, envy, insecurity, unrestrained anger, and lying. If you look in the depth of my soul, you'll find gaping wounds of idolatry and judgment and self-assigned importance. You see, when we look into our past, we're quick to find the wounds. They're bleeding, they're obvious, they're painful, and they're complete with this mental slideshow of memories and shame. We talked so much about this last week. There are moments when we chose something or someone, most often ourselves, over Jesus. None of us likes to look back at the past, but it's necessary as long as there's a spiritual goal. Make sure you understand this meaningless reflection on the past is only going to increase your shame. But meaningful reflection on the past can actually bring about hope and healing and learning and even joy. King David had scars and wounds. Some of them came from his days as a triumphant warrior on the battlefield. Some came from his own sinful decisions. King David had a past just like we all do. Boy, he had some glorious moments when he was walking with God and pursuing God with all of his might. He also had some really shameful moments when he walked away from God and dishonored the relationship that God had offered him. One evening, David is out on the elevated terraces of Jerusalem. He spots a woman bathing on these open terraces. And instead of practicing self-control and treating her with honor and leaving, David summons her, commits adultery with her, and then plots to have her husband killed in a military accident. You can read the whole story for yourself in 2 Samuel 11. After David falls desperately short as a godly man in a moment of confrontation, his best friend Nathan, the prophet, comes to him and tells him a little story. The Bible says, so the Lord sent Nathan to David. Nathan came to him and said, there were two men in a certain city. One was rich, the other was poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cows, but the poor man had only one little female lamb that he had bought. He raised her. She grew up in his home with his children. She would eat his food and drink from his cup. She rested in his arms and was like a daughter. Now a visitor came to the rich man, and the rich man thought it would be a pity to take one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler. So he took the poor man's lamb and prepared her for the traveler. David burned with anger against the man. I solemnly swear as the Lord lives, he said to Nathan, the man who did this certainly deserves to die. And he must pay back four times the price of the lamb because he did this and had no pity. You're the man, Nathan told David. You're the man. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel and rescued you from Saul. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if this weren't enough, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise my word by doing what I considered evil? You had Uriah the Hittite killed in battle. You took his wife as your wife. You used the Ammonites to kill him. So warfare will never leave your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. That's a tough story. And suddenly David is confronted by the shame and the sin of his own past. The heartbreaking part of the story is that David's disobedience actually brings about the death of one of his own children. And that's a truth that most of us don't like to face about our past. It's a tough reality, but often we need to know this. Our past has had deep implications on the lives of other people. So David's left with the shame and pain of his own decisions. As part of the story, the Bible describes David dealing with this sin and shame from his past, and he makes a statement out loud, I have sinned against the Lord. Yes, he sinned against his family. Yes, he sinned against Bathsheba. Yes, he sinned against Uriah. Yes, he sinned against the people of Israel. But he states it out loud. I have sinned against the Lord. It's important for all of us to take the steps to healing from our past. And it begins with this. You have to acknowledge the wound of disobedience. These are bold statements, but I know them to be true because I've experienced them in my own life. Unless you can own it, you'll never be free of it. Unless you can call it what it was, sin, you'll never be able to experience forgiveness and grace for that sin. In the description in Scripture, the Bible actually lays out for us how David walked through a process of grieving what he had done. And it includes a a bit of a cultural piece that we don't think about very often, but it included the Hebrew ritual of sackcloth and ashes. I'll describe it in just a moment. The truth is we all need to experience a level of grief when it comes to past decisions. But like I pointed out last Sunday, you can't dwell there. We have to appropriately grieve the past with godly sorrow but as we learned last week god doesn't want his children to take up residence there here's the problem for many of us we've never ever taken the opportunity to sit in the ashes of our past some of us have never even had the courage to go there the other part of it is some of us sat down at it and then we've never left Let's talk about both pieces for just a moment. As I studied sackcloth and ashes, which for some of you, is like, I don't even understand what that is. Let me explain it just a little bit. I discovered sackcloth was usually made of black goat's hair. It was, it was coarse. It was kind of like a potato sack kind of material, and it was very uncomfortable to wear. Jewish people would actually form a garment out of it, and they would put it on, and it was super uncomfortable to wear. That was the point. It was meant to be that way. The sackcloth was meant to resemble the emotional pain that they were feeling. And then they would sprinkle ashes on themselves. And that represented desolation and ruin. Jewish people, when they were facing grief or shame or hurt or they'd gone through a deep moment when they recognized their own sin, they would literally sit in the ashes. They would wallow in them. They would cover their heads with them. It was an appropriate symbol of the humility and the depression that accompanied both grief and shame. This is ash. And as soon as you touch it, it starts to coat you. And you can see in the light, it kind of gets everywhere. everywhere. This is the burnt remains of something valuable, and trust me, it was wood, okay? Not something else. Just so. Some of you got a very concerned look on your face. It's like, what is Grant doing? Okay, this is from Scott Sayers stove. just so we're clear, all right? But the second you touch it, it coats you. It sticks to you. It, it's hard to get away from you because it just, it's just kind of everywhere. And it reminds me of what it feels like when those old memories kind of stick to your soul, right? And you start going back through your life and you add some, some childlike regret and those teenage decisions and those college moments when you did God knows what. You know, that's such an ironic statement because I'll tell you something about God knows what. God knows exactly what we all did. And you get older and you you think you'd learn that, that, that you wouldn't want this stuff stuck all over yourself and you start to add some adult decisions like deception and gossip and walking away and bragging and being conceited and breaking promises and justifying it all because that's what we do. And before you know it, you look around the room and everybody's got dirty hands. And if you say you don't have dirty hands, that's pride, welcome to the club. The Bible says David was coated in shame. That he put on sackcloth and ashes. And that he spent an entire night on the floor. Not just because of the loss of his son, but because of everything that brought him to to that moment. Let me give you David's list. Voyeurism, adultery, conspiracy, and murder. And oh, we can be so quick to judge and go, David, I can't believe you did those things. And then we enter into pride and arrogance and judgment and racism. We've all got dirty hands. So there's David covered in the ash of the past. He's uncomfortable, he's crying, he's hurting, he's dealing with deep regret. And that's all I got for church for you today, so thanks for coming. I'm glad that you're here. uh, (laughs) David is literally covered in the ashes of his memory of shame and guilt, but he's not beyond God's reach. With the smell of the ash, your ash, in your imagination, I want you to listen to the words of Jesus concerning the ashes of your past. And I'll include mine too because this is applicable for everybody who's got dirty hands and we all have dirty hands. Jesus said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. If you're feeling poor in spirit right now, Jesus is talking to you. If you're feeling ashamed and condemned, I want to remind you, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't stare at the floor. The King of Kings is trying to make eye contact with you. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captive and release from darkness. For the prisoners, if you feel imprisoned by your past and you've never been set free, you need to pay attention. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the great emancipator is talking to you about your ash-covered hands, forehead, life, and memories. Don't break eye contact with him. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all who mourn. If this makes you sad, Jesus is here provide for those who grieve in Zion if you're grieving your past Jesus is here and don't miss this last section to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair if you're despairing your past you can leave it at the door today before you go Did you get that? God wants to make an exchange with you. He wants you to acknowledge and appropriately grieve your past. He wants you to do the work with the ashes, and then He wants you to surrender them to Him. Hand them over and allow Him to cleanse you. I want you to think about that for just a second. My hands are dirty. I've got a pass like everybody else does. But there's an answer. You know, Grant, all you're doing is washing your hands. Exactly. I'm allowing the water to do its work. I'm allowing the soap to do its work. And it reminds me of something. If we confess our sin... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Reminds me of something else. Though your sin be as scarlet, he will wash it as white as snow. I did a bunch of research on the role of ashes in scripture and in my research I stumbled across something from multiple medical journals. Coating a wound in ash can actually help bring about healing. The ash is important not just as a reminder of past brokenness but as an agent for future wholeness. I was amazed at this detail in scripture. When David grieves his son, So he acknowledges his disobedience. He appropriately grieves the things that he had done. But when David grieves his son and the past choices that brought him there, there comes a time when he has to move forward. Some of you have been sitting in the ashes of your past for far too long. And it's time to walk free. The Bible says it's so matter-of-factly. So David got up from the ground, bathed, anointed himself, changed his clothes, went into the Lord's house, and worshipped. This is an important message for many of us who've chosen to get stuck in the ashes. There comes a time when you have to move forward, when you receive God's healing and you actually move on. Do you remember the question from last week? If God says your sin has been removed, why are you still holding on to it? If God says you're free, why are you still living bound? Why are you still sitting in the ashes? And we have really nice religious answers. Oh, I'm just taking my time to heal. No, you're wallowing and listening to the accusations of Satan. If you want to know what the accusations are, you should listen to last week. Here's the beauty of this. As a church community, we try to step towards people's pain. We are not afraid of the mess. And that's why we try to provide opportunities. There's a class called Unwanted. If if you have some sexual ash ash from your past and you want to deal with it once and for all, it will take some courage. But I'm telling you, Unwanted is the very best place you can go. We've got another class called Healing from Anxiety. For some of us, the past has been so overwhelming that we're literally like torn up inside by anxiety and depression. It doesn't have to be that way. This is God's call. It was God's call to David and it was God's call to each one of us. There comes a moment when you've got to get up. You've got to rise from the ashes. Let God wash it off of you and cleanse you. Leave the shame and condemnation at the door. Allow God to heal those memories through acknowledgement, appropriate grief and sorrow, but also what allows those wounds of the past to heal into the scar. Can I tell you something about scars? A scar tells a story of healing, not just pain. When I think about the healing work of Jesus, I find comfort in an odd place. I wanna read this portion of scripture over you and I pray that you'll just allow it to soak into every fiber of your being. It's from the book of Revelation. Somebody actually thought I was kidding when I told you a couple weeks ago we're gonna preach through Revelation again this summer. Actually, this is just another little morsel to whet your appetite. Revelation says, Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all of the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Can we stop there for just a second? Whenever you cry out to God about your past for forgiveness and repentance, those prayers are so precious to God, he keeps them in a golden bowl because they're so precious to him. They sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. With your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever and the four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshipped that's just a snapshot of what heaven will be like And you're like, Grant, that was a little intense. Like, there was a lot in there. You may have been so wrapped up in the majesty of the passage that you missed the very first few descriptors of the lamb, looking as if it had been slain. My friend, Jesus kept his scars. Let me say that again and let it sink in. He could have come back with pristine perfection, not a flaw, but Jesus kept his scars. No longer open wounds, the scars of Jesus were a testimony to what he wants to accomplish with the scars of your past. Every scar you bear, a truly healed wound, is a testimony to God's grace and your God-empowered fortitude. The devil wanted to cripple you. He wanted to shame you into a position where you would never speak again. When that wound heals into a scar, it becomes a platform where in God's good timing, you get to share with other people what it feels like to hurt. And you also get to tell them about the one who carried you through it all. Every scar is a lesson that's waiting to be shared in God's perfect timing. You shouldn't be ashamed of any past scar that's now declaring God's faithfulness through your old life. This is the key. The old wounds are healing. Jesus is the healer, and the evidence of his healing is that you're taking intentional time to actually process your past, present, and future with me. God's doing great work in your life if you're willing to embrace this and you should be so proud of yourself for partnering with him in his healing work. We talked about David and we left him covered with ash. Then he finally said, I've got got to break loose of this i can't let this define me i need to continue to to follow jesus david comes back to god he does the work he allows god's cleansing to happen and he finds his hope again and i want you to listen to his testimony from psalm 30 this is his testimony of transformation you ready here it comes you have changed my sobbing into dancing some of you are like i don't dance you should you should. You're like, Granny, you don't understand. I know, I know, you're part of the frozen chosen. I get it. You don't move. You don't you like I'm a stick. Okay, I get it. David said, No, 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 no. You have done such an incredible work in my life. You've changed my sobbing into dancing. You've removed my what? Sackcloth and clothed me with joy. So that my soul may praise you with music and not be silent oh Lord my God I will give thanks to you forever when you finally deal once and for all with your past when you make that divine exchange when you bring him the worst and you allow him to do that cleansing God offers this divine exchange and it's so amazing to me that it's so opposite and counterintuitive. You changed my sobbing. I was grieving, lost, broken, hurting, and you transformed it into an explosive dance of joy. You took off my sackcloth this coarse, uncomfortable garment of my past, and you clothed me with joy because I don't wear sackcloth anymore. As a follower of Jesus, the Bible actually says that I have been given a robe of righteousness. And then he responds even further and says, so that my soul may praise you with music and not be silent. David is saying, you can't shut me up about what God did. Absolutely, I've got this broken past, but... Jesus saved me from it and now he's given me purpose with it and now it's no longer a gaping wound. It's a scar. Have you ever noticed with people that as soon as we start talking about scars, it almost becomes a competition? It's like, oh, you got a scar on your leg, Grant? You should see this. I'm like, I don't want to see that. (laughs) Why? Why? because every one of them is a testimony that we're still here. and God's not done. And there's a future and a hope that he's promised to each one of us. So my friends, this week, it's so basic and it's so simple. The time is now and God is offering you joy. I want to encourage each of you to embrace the exchange, your ashes for his healing. And I love how David's response wraps up with this. It said he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Well, I can't do this alone. So worship team, if you're back there, if you guys would come and hang out with me for a minute because we're going to pray in just a second and then we're going to worship because the same God that did that for David is standing here today saying, I want to do the same thing for you i want to cleanse you i want to wash you as white as snow you don't need to carry this anymore so we're going to pray and then we're going to start here and we're going to take it here and i just want to say this again one more time what did david say so that my soul may praise you with music and not be silent and not be silent you're like grant i don't sing i don't care That's why the Bible says it's a joyful noise. If today you truly want to embrace being forgiven and set free, one of the best ways to start is with worship. So we're going to pray and then we're going to unleash (laughs) ourselves. Father God, thank you that you kept your scars. So, Lord, for everyone in the room and those who are watching online who are sitting in shame today, covering up scars of their past, Lord, I pray instead they would exchange them with you for a crown of beauty. No more garments of despair, only garments of joy. So, Lord, set us free and remind us today how far we've come. Lord, thank you for the promise that he who began a good work in you would be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So Lord, do that good work in us today, we pray in Jesus' precious and holy name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Church, would you stand with me? Eve, Devante, Beth, here we go.